Hey you, out there in the cold, getting lonely, getting old, can you feel me? Hey you, standing in the aisles with itchy feet and fainting smiles, can you feel me? Hey you, don't help them to bury the Without a fight Hey you Out there on your own Sitting naked by the phone Would you touch me? Hey you With your ear against the wall Waiting for someone to call out Would you touch me?
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is you're listening from out here in the desert someplace. Hope I got a roadmap back to where I got to go. You know, we did some traveling uh, across the desert southwest uh, a few times before coming out here on vacations and things and just to see things. So we go across the reservation, uh, Indian reservations. You got to be really careful because... uh, Sometimes your GPS doesn't pick up a signal when you're out there in the middle of no man's land. And if you've never been on an Indian reservation out west, that's what they are, no man's land. Anyway, so you better know where you're going. Good thing was the road just goes from here to there. As long as you don't turn off, you're okay. Anyways, welcome to the show. Let's talk. My name's Mike. I'm your host. And this uh, episode uh, is called Take Off the Blinders. Take Off the Blinders. Blinders were used... Uh, like on the plow horse, for instance, just keeps the horse focused on what's in front of him, not what's off to the sides. And he definitely doesn't know anyways what's going on behind him. But either way, and racehorses, you'll see him wearing blinders. Because I'll tell you what, if that horse gets sight of the barn, he's heading for the barn. <coughs> Excuse me. Either way, take off the blinders. Don't be so focused. On what you see in front of you, look around, look around. Anyways, good to be here. Glad to have you here. Glad you're listening. Hope you're sharing the shows. We'll start with our prayer, and then we'll get on with the show. Dear Heavenly Father, this day I pray you loosen my tongue, my heart, and my mind. Reveal thyself through thy Holy Spirit in me, Lord, that I may share with others, that I may Use your word, Lord, not my own, to help others to understand and know the times and the days in which we live and the urgency of the hour. For the time has come, Lord, when you are judging this world, our country, for the sins. And I pray this, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. First scripture, Second Peter, chapter 3, Peter, Peter. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not that he doesn't care and he's just taking his time or he's, you know, dilly-laxy and so forth and whatnot. No, he's giving you as much time as necessary. But then there does come that time when, you know, the clock stops a ticking. And it's time to leave. And by that time, if you haven't made the decision for Jesus Christ, well, you're not going to get to make it now. It's all over. He wants you to come to repentance. He wants you to come to salvation so that you're not lost for eternity. So take advantage of the fact that he's long-suffering. Take advantage of it. Don't let it go by your side. So this one, this first story, is for all you hard-working, red-blooded Americans that pay your taxes and so forth and so on, and and you also pay the exuberant amount of money for your premiums and your health care and so forth and so on. I just praise the Lord God that, well, for the last 20 years or so that I worked, I had a great health care plan, and the wife and I were covered for so many different things and never had, you know, no more than a $20 copay. I had several surgeries, never cost me a dime. 
But, you know, that's not always the case for everybody. We were blessed and we were lucky with that. So this story is for you. I want you to listen to this closely. Biden, there you go, <laughs> is going to grant illegal aliens free government health care. Got it? Illegal aliens. So you're breaking the law just by coming over here the way you are, and you're being rewarded for it. As I've said before, geez, we ought to all go south of the border, renounce our citizenship, and come back. And then guess what? Watch what our luck, we'd get stuck over there and never make it back. But anyways, the point is, this is going to be paid for by you, me, the taxpayer. Uh-huh. All this nonsense and all this talk about he's going to lower the cost of medi medicine and, and health care for the rest of us, it never happens. No. Because there's always something else that, you know, negates the the savings. So he said this week, Illegal aliens who enter the country, once again, guess what? Illegally, that's right, are going to be able to enroll in the Obama-era Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA. So free health care. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So free coverage under Medicaid and so forth. Thank you, Barack. You know... <laughs> It kills me because these guys do all this stuff, right? These politicians and so forth. I wonder how hard they laugh all the way to the bank, as they say. So, you know, him and Harris, that's the vice president, in case you didn't know, they believe that health care should be a right, not a privilege. Well, thank you. How about me? How about me? And all these other, especially these people raising families and so forth and so on. Kids get sick constantly, constantly. Seems like before they go to school, they're 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 somewhat okay. You know, you get the the adolescent shots and so forth and prenatal care, what you know, and all this kind of stuff. But boy, not long after that first day in kindergarten, they they got the sniffles and it just seems to never end. And what never ends with that is all the all the all the uh copays that go with, you know, having to take the kid to the doctor. At least that's what you should be doing. You know, I get it. Hopefully a home remedy will work for you and it doesn't endanger the life of the child. But, I mean, I get it. And then, of course, you know, the cost of the medicine. Not just your co-pays. Oh, yeah. I went one time, didn't know that my health care had, because of my age, I had gone from one kind of coverage to another. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I was in this uh, middle ground where there, I had no coverage. I didn't know. So, you know, okay, but I got five prescriptions here that I need to have, right? So I says, well, maybe I can pay for it out of my pocket. And I says, well, how much is it all together? Okay, ready? Got it? $1,000. Mm-hmm. $1,000. Thank God for health care. And thank God for the coverage, right? So, anyways... On top of that, they're also going to get citizenship. You know, I feel so bad for all the people that worked so hard to come to, you know, they came to this country legally, all right? 
They went through the process, and I'm not saying it's an easy process or whatever, but, you know, they took the time, made the effort, so forth and so on, and here these people just do however they feel like doing it, and and our, and our government turns around and goes, oh, that's okay. You know, it's just like these blue states and these, you know, uh, you get, you, you know, you're a criminal or, or or so forth, you commit a crime, ah, they slap you on the wrist and cut you loose. In New York State, you pretty much got to slaughter a trooper or something or a cop to even be held in jail anymore. You can literally commit murder and walk away. Here's an appearance ticket. Oh, yeah, I'll make sure I show up. Come on. But, you know, they must really think we're that ignorant. Well, maybe we are. Maybe we are. Because look at what we've tolerated so far. Look at where we are compared to where we were, all right? And then you got to ask yourself, (laughs) how ignorant and foolish are we? Who's a jerk? You got to take the blinders off. Got to take them off. Don't be blind. You know, I just saw some pictures 80 years ago was the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Now, I'm sure most of you don't know what that is, so I'm going to tell you. Prior to the outbreak, I guess you could say, so to speak, more or less, of the final solution against the Jews in, in Germany and other parts of Europe that became occupied by Nazi Germany, There was a section in Poland, Warsaw, that was literally divided. They put up a brick wall and everything. All right? So the Jews were kept in this, you know, enclave over here, and the rest of, you know, the people of Warsaw lived, well, I guess as normal lives as they could with this brick wall all of a sudden being up. But anyway... So during the Warsaw Uprising, which is when the Jews decided within the Warsaw Ghetto, we're not going to deal, you know, we're not going to put up with this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to resist. So they had an armed uprising. And at first, you know, the Germans, the Nazis, you know, response to it was, oh, we, you know, we got to quell this. And it was just, it went from just kind of like a police action against the Jews to an outright, you know, a slaughter, pretty much. And all these people were being rounded up to be sent off to Treblinka, which was a major death camp. So the interesting part, or the point of my story is, here's these photographs of German citizens, okay, so non-Jews, they're on this side of the wall, you know, on their side. And just the other side of that wall, there's mayhem, and they're watching it. And the, and the look of indifference on their faces, oh, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> How many instances have I talked to you about in this very country and throughout this world right now and for a, a while, that's exactly how it is? There's those of us because of our faith and hope and love and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as bona fide Christians, 
not Christian wannabes or sabies, and patri and or patriots are on one side of the wall and the rest of you is on the other. And you're watching and you're doing nothing. And then then again, we're watching and doing nothing to those that have it even worse than we do. And then someday, everybody's going to have to give an account for that. Are you ready to give that account and say you did all you could, you said all you could, you prayed all you could? Jeez, I hope I... (laughs) Man. Because I know, listen, there's never enough prayer, there's never enough you can do and so forth and so on. I get it. But doing nothing... That's about as evil as the act itself. Moving on. George Carlin. Remember that guy? Probably not. <laughs> Showing my age and so forth again. George Carlin was a foul-mouthed, <laughs> independent-thinking comedian back in the day. And I'm not endorsing George Carlin. But every so often, or sometimes pretty often, George Carlin would come up with a philosophy that really made a lot of sense. And this is something here that goes along with part of what the show's going to be about that I saw that George Carlin had said, and I'm going to share it with you. And I quote, my mind doesn't work that way. I got this real moron thing I do. It's called thinking. And I'm not a very good American because I like to form my own opinions. I have certain rules I live by. My first rule, listen now. (laughs) I don't believe anything the government tells me, and I don't take very seriously the media or the press in this country. He's got a point. He's got a point. So I just thought I'd share that with you. So Disneyland. Yay, let's go to Disney. Let's not. The place, the Enchanted Kingdom. I've been there. Been to California, the one in California. That one I went to all by myself one time. I was out on vacation visiting my best friend. And him and his wife were working during the week while waiting for the weekend to come. We went and did some camping. Got robbed. (laughs) Can you believe it? Anyway. So anyway, went to Disneyland all by myself. The Enchanted Kingdom. And then, you know, I lived in Florida for a time. And I went to Disney, Disney World down there several times. It actually got to be, eh, I don't feel like going. <laughs> you know, it's no big deal anymore. Nothing new. Anyway, moving on. So in their defiance and in their sin, Disney is going to dress many a Mickey Mouse in pride outfits. Now, I want you to listen to this story. I know that for a lot of people, Disney... Is you know, is the stuff dreams are made out of, right? You got Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and so forth and so on and all the Disney shows, you know, the 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 good old, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, that's showing my age again, right? And so forth and so on. Right? Well, those days are long gone, folks. Long gone. So they're gonna dress many a Mickey Mouse in rainbow colors. For its first ever Pride Night. And this is nothing short but an escalation by the company. 
in its war with, uh, well, partly Ron DeSantis, the governor Ron DeSantis, in his Don't Say Gay Bill. So according to Disney, its favorite characters, including Mickey and Minnie Mouse, will wear special rainbow costumes at the, it'll be on June 13th event in its California theme park to celebrate LGBTQ culture. So it's an after-hours pride event. So <laughs> apparently, I don't know, they don't feel comfortable doing it right out in the open during the day. I have no idea. But they're going to have pride-themed entertainment, a specialty menu, merchandise, and a whole bunch more. you really want to promote that? Do you really feel comfortable being a part of that? Well, we're not promoting it. We're just there to see me. Well, no, you are promoting it. When you put money in the coffers of an organization like Disney or any other organization that uses that money to promote these kinds of events or ideologies and so forth, you are a part of it. I mean, it'd be the same as saying, you know... I, I, I donate to my Democratic Party and so forth and so on, but I don't promote. Well, no, you do. You gave them money. What do you think they're going to do with that money? <laughs> anyway, you really got to start thinking about better entertainment, better avenues. And, you know, hey, you're going to have to make some hard decisions as regards to your kids, right, and so forth. And even a lot of adults. I know adults that are freaks for Disney, you know. You got to pull back. Take off the blinders again. <coughs> now, excuse me. This story, this next story is one of the most disturbing stories, news events, I've ever reported on, I've ever brought to you. I brought it to you before that it was coming. I said it was coming. I told you on many shows before this was going to happen. I read many, many years ago, many years ago, a document regarding, and this was a, these, these were official papers regarding the long term and at the time behind the scenes agendas set forth by uh, back then it wasn't called LGBTQ, it was just, you know, the gays and homosexuals. You know, we could still use politically incorrect terminology. But anyway, and I do too, still, because it's my show. Anyway, and it talked about what the agenda of this gay pride movement and so forth was. And back in those days, they rarely even mentioned women, so the lesbian uh, side of it. But one of the, the most disturbing part of the report, not just that they were going to take over television and take over the airwaves, the media and, and whatnot, they were going to get people promoted or elected or appointed to whatever and however many different positions they could throughout 
to be able to promote their agenda. And eventually, just like with so many other issues that went from sin to sickness and treatable diseases, and I don't mean like cancer diseases, but... And so anyways, well, lo and behold, one of the back, you know, backdoor objectives or part of their agenda was the inclusion of children in their sexual deviation. Pedophilia, it's called. And not too long ago, I don't think, maybe it was, but on a few of my shows, I I started telling you that this letter or after LGBTQ, suddenly there appeared a plus sign with a P. I knew what that meant. Well, there were, they had said it. And I reported it to you. It means pedophilia. And I know a lot of people went, oh, (laughs) that'll never happen. Let me explain something to you. Just like with the abortion industry, you know, they're down to the baby's born alive and healthy, but they're just going to let it die. I can't even imagine how that process works. Bad enough they, you know, rip them out of the womb the way they do and so forth and whatever else, kill them as soon as they're born, you know, all that. But anyways, just like we never thought that would get to where it is, the Satan, the the Satanistic and the and the and 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 whatnot uh, sacrifice of children is nothing new. It, it it throughout history it's come in several different forms, several different societies, empires, kingdoms throughout the world in history have practiced it. Okay. The Bible, obviously, I don't think I should have, you know, figured it out, is against, you know, God's against that sort of thing, (laughs) you know, completely. But here we have, now, (laughs) you can look this up for yourself. In fact, the day before yesterday, I saw it. Yesterday, my wife brought it up. So, and it's out there. You can go find it. So... I'm just going to tell you what I got here and then we're going to move on because I don't want to stick around here too much longer. So a new UN-backed legal recommendation would normalize sex with minors. Okay? Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, 15 and 16-year-olds, right? I'm talking about (laughs) kindergarten, babes in the woods. So this report issued by a team of international legal experts with the backing of the United Nations appears on the surface (laughs) to open the floodgates to normalize sex with minors. Now, this is a quote. Sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. (coughs) Excuse me. And this comes from the Geneva-based International Commission of Jurists. So it's a bunch of judges and lawyers and stuff. And they wrote that in March with the assistance from... um, 
amongst other places, the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Okay. You know what? Human rights. <laughs> How does that fall under human rights? Your rights as a pedophile, as a deviant sexual no-mind, evil bastard. You have human rights? See, this is where it's all wrong. The report is titled, now, listen, The Eight March Principles for a Human Rights-Based Approach to Criminal Law Prescribing Conduct Associated with Sex, Reproduction, Drug Use, HIV, Homelessness, and Poverty. Now, did you catch those last two? Homelessness and poverty. The wife and I were talking about that yesterday. That's how they legitimize it. Because I guarantee you that if you come out against this, oh, you don't care about the homeless and those living in poverty? No, I care very much about them. And I hope to be able to help people that had troubles with drug use. And, you know, but I'll be honest with you, the rest of it, I don't want any part of it. And this report is front and center on the group's website. Now, just to be clear, it doesn't actively call for decriminalization of sex between adults and minors, but, big but here, it states that children have both the capacity and the legal right to make sexual decisions. Kind of like, you know, the thing in school with, I don't feel like a boy, I feel like a little girl or whatever. You know, when I was growing up, you had as much legal rights as your parents wanted to give you, which was none. (laughs) The parents were the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, and maybe on occasion your defense attorney, but you know, there was, and, and our parents, you know, again, these parents today, they let, you know, this, okay, try not to use that word anymore. Anyways, they let this shenanigans go on like they do. They shouldn't be parents, plain and simple. But that's a moot point, right? Been down that road several thousand times on this show. Legal right. So, if the child consents, this is according to the United Nations, if the child consents to sex with adults, it's okay. Really? And, like I said when I started this report, this has been the plan all along. Nothing short, pedophilia, normalization. Let's get into the run of the show. How's that? Sorry I had to bring that to you, but I want you to know, you know, when I tell you these things are going to come, and then when it comes, I mean, I'm not saying I'm some kind of, you know, prophet or something, you know, there's none of that nonsense. Don't even go there. All right. It's one of those things, like I said, I read it many years ago, many years ago, back in the eighties. All right. And it was one of those things where, you know, I've said before, you know, you read something and you put it in the back of your mind, you know, like put it in the filing cabinet, but you don't forget where you put it. 
ever listened to Pink Floyd? I played their music on my show a few times. I got one of their songs in the beginning of this show, as a matter of fact. Hey, you. The wall was too high, as you can see. No matter how he tried, he could not break free. I'm going to read you some quotes here, a couple quotes. And I quote, The real hopeless victims of mental illness are to be found among those who appear to be most normal. Many of them are normal because they are so well adjusted to our mode of existence because their human voice has been silenced so early in their lives that they do not even struggle or suffer or develop symptoms as the neurotic does. They are normal, not in what may be called the absolute sense of the word. They are normal only in relation to a profoundly abnormal society. Their perfect adjustment to that abnormal society is a measure of, well, their mental sickness. These millions of abnormally normal people living without fuss in a society to which, if they were fully human beings, they ought not to be adjusted. That's from Aldous Huxley in A Brave New World. I read about that book, read it quite a number of years ago. Um, Clinton read it. Clinton was a follower of this Aldous Huxley. So another one, this comes from Crom Yellow, which was a social satire of its time in 1921. Another one by Aldous Huxley. The surest way to work up a crusade in favor of some good cause is to promise people they will have a chance of maltreating someone. To be able to destroy with good conscience to be able to behave badly and call your bad behavior righteous indignation. This is the height of psychological luxury, the most delicious of moral treats. Doesn't that just send like the chills down? Not in a good way. Not in a good way. All right? Because... This is the society that, well, we've been in it for how long? Say, for instance, again, the Nazis, all right? Or any ideological political party that gives you the impression and the belief that maltreating someone is okay under their understanding of it, and it's all right to be able to do this to other people because, well, that it, it, it's righteous. This is the same thing that's going on in our country. They just had this big thing go on in Chicago. Hundreds of these teenagers just swarmed through the streets, mayhem and destruction. 
somebody was heard saying, interviewed actually, they have the right because this is part of their reparations to destroy what you've worked so hard for. I hope by now, folks, you've taken the blinders off because the next question, who in the Sam Hill is running the asylum? Now, as I've witnessed and you've witnessed, we lived through these last three years of dystopian mass hysteria, mass delusion, mass mental illness. I got to say, I find myself drawn to the same thinkers and social commentators and musical artists over and over. Because they were kind of like prophets. The wisdom and the understanding and the clarity of Aldous Huxley, George Orwell, and even, you know, Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. And not to forget uh, David Gilmore. They describe a world gone mad. And it makes me feel, quite honestly, it makes me feel less alone in my observations about humanity. In my seeing the political mayhem. Disruptive governments dishonest bankers and billionaires, warmongering psychopaths, and entities intent in shredding, nothing short of shredding the social fabric of this country and the world. <coughs> now, as I've said before, hang on, I've got to let the cat in. As I've said before. Come on, Grace. <laughs> Grace Kitty. As I've said before, I I am not wholeheartedly endorsing these individuals in the, you know, and I'm not putting my faith and hope and trust and so forth into these individuals like I do my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is this, every so often, even the likes of somebody like Ozzy Osbourne will come out with a song that for whatever reason hits the nail right on the head. And you can't, man, I'm telling you, you can deny it all you want, and it's just, it is what it is. All right? Now, case in point or an example, I do not agree with Roger Waters from the band Pink Floyd um, at all on his political beliefs. No, 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 not at all. But, (laughs) you know... Again, listen to the lyrics or read the lyrics. You can go online and just, you know, put in lyrics of such and such song or whatever. Like I did with today's song, Hey You. So again, you know, the writings and the lyrics, they perfectly capture the insanity, the glorification of abnormality, the the psychological manipulation and torture of the masses. They show you plainly man's inhumanity to man. History shows us that over and over again. And they go on in certain respects many times to show you 
the powerful, wealthy psychopaths that use their wealth and power to control governments, to control the media, academia, corporations. I mean, this list I could have gone on forever, but I'll give you just a few more. The military, scientists, doctors, and most importantly and interestingly, religious institutions. Right? Kind of like not only the... (laughs) You know, who's running the asylum, but the fox is in the hen house, you know? You see the dystopian visions in Huxley's and Orwell's novels and a lot of Pink Floyd's lyrics, you know, Roger Waters, David Gilmore, and so many other artists. These have been completely far, by far exceeded by reality, by the very reality of what's transpired and continues to take place every day. Sometimes because, well, let's put it this way. Sometimes because you're a Christian and whatever Christian group you might belong to, in other words, you know, you're Baptist, Episcopalian, whatever, Catholic, so forth and so on. You're restricted. You're, oh, no, no, that's the devil's music. And you know what? Yeah, okay, I get it. And I agree with that to a point. And I say this guardedly. Again. And I'm not saying go out and buy their stuff just so you can, you know, hear it for yourself and so forth. Look it up online. Be safe, (laughs) okay? Just, you know, just for research purposes, I guess you could say. And don't use that as an excuse to indulge yourself. Trust me, it doesn't work. It's not the right path to take. But I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to say is not only through the writings of Huxley, Orwell, the music, we were warned, we've been warned over and over again. These are worldly man, you know, man's wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and so forth. Maybe with a tinge of spirituality and so forth. The Bible clearly states beyond doubt these issues, you know, the evil and the psychopaths and so forth. The Bible is loaded with that, warnings and so forth. This society profoundly suffering, this society suffers from deep-seated mental illness. And it, it, in some strange way, it struck a chord with me and helped me realize, as an outcast, who I don't believe in what is spoon-fed to us by the mass media, all the propaganda outlets on behalf of their wealthy benefactor, I'm, in regards to all that sort of thing, I am not the normal one. (laughs) And I'm happy about it. There was a time there when I wondered about my own self. You know, how come I don't, you know, like get along and play well with others? Because quite honestly, God was trying to point me, point something out to me. You know, no, you don't want to be a part of that. You know, I had a chance to be a musician, I, I could have been, you know, kind of like the song Dirty Laundry says, right? Could have been an actor, but I wound up here. 
a lot of us have that choice. We have those opportunities, these decisions that we have to make. And I know when I was in the world of sin that, <laughs> and, I, and I thank God for this, really, I do, <laughs> but I'm so ashamed and embarrassed that, that even when I was in that world of sin, I knew I was so wrong. I knew it was a world of sin. And it wasn't until the Lord actually delivered me wholeheartedly. Well, he's always wholeheartedly. But in other words, I saw wholeheartedly my illness. Did I get away from it? So then it became clear my refusal to adapt or adjust to a deviant society. Well, it, <laughs> it inhabited and controlled that the society. The, the, okay, hang on. Take two. My refusal to adapt or adjust to a deviant society inhabited and controlled by the mental ill, mentally ill, while worshiping in the altar of abnormality is a sign of my sanity in a sea of absurdity. I came to realize that it wasn't such a bad thing to have taken the blinders off it wasn't such a terrible thing to think outside the box. It's called see the light. <laughs> My wife just said, it's called see the light. You got to be able to recognize the difference between Satan's world and God's world, between what Satan has to offer and what God is offering, what the world is offering you. What the world offers you is outright death. All right? All the happy-go-lucky feelings you might have about listening to the, you know, Pink Floyd or whoever and so forth and so on or reading these books, none of those are going to give you eternal life in the end. None of them. Nope. In fact, many of them are going to just bring you deeper and deeper into your, you know, <laughs> sin. And, and there's no way out of that by looking to them. You can't look to them for deliverance. They don't offer it. They offer deliverance from having to... Yeah, they offer you deliverance from having to think about the Lord Jesus Christ and having to think about your life of sin. They deliver you from that. Of course, Satan does that every single time. I don't want you to think about your sin. I want you to think about how much fun this is. Man, I've been down that road. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you this because I read it and I rewrote it. I've been down this road, man. I've been down this road. And as I've said before, I got to tell you, it can be a lonely, lonely road being on the opposite side of this approved narrative, which is believed by the masses. And yeah, it would be so much easier to just go along with the crowd. But you know what? It's not how I'm wired. It's not how I'm comfortable. I love being where I am. I really do. I like being on the outside. I appreciate having people point their fingers at me and go, there's something not right about you in the head. 
Really? <laughs> really? Why? Because I refuse to adapt? <laughs> or maybe I have adapted and I've overcome. Ah. Hmm? Rule number one, never believe anything coming out of a politician's mouth. I believe that. I believe all governments are evil and controlled by a wealthy, powerful elite. Yep, I do. They hide behind the mask of the deep state to manipulate society to benefit themselves and their cronies. I have been given a rare ability to think critically rather than believe what I'm told by quote-unquote experts and think tanks, media talking heads and scientific studies, blah, blah, blah. All this produced by easily bribed hacked experts, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm so glad my wife is the same way. I've said before on this show, you know, when the COVID thing came up, we both sat back and said, hmm, hang on a second here. Let's take a look at this critically. I guess you could say in some ways I chinner, I, I chinner, <laughs> take two. In some ways I channel my inner George Carlin. Yeah, I do. And that in regard only to like everything I've told by the government or the propaganda media outlets. Hang on, folks. Isn't it funny when you haven't lived someplace for a long time and you still get calls from certain whatevers? Really? Yeah, sure, sign me up. I'll be right down. <laughs> Not anyways, moving along. You know, it's just the same thing, not just with the government and the politicians and so forth, but you really got to understand something. As I said just, just earlier, that this sort of thing includes the religious world. All right? So when I say I don't believe or I don't listen to or I, you know, take as what they say a grain of salt, you know, what they have to say, that includes the religious world. And that was that was really the biggest eye-opening and so forth of it all, all right? I question everything, including those, you know, quote-unquote religious experts, right? And one of the reasons that I, I felt justified when I started doing that was because what makes them, you know, an expert? Okay, they went to college and all these other things, so forth and so on. Well, Peter never went to college. Peter was a fisherman, probably like lower on the rung of, you know, society, right? I think the only people probably somewhat lower than fishermen were tax collectors, which would mean Matthew, but that's because they were such shysters. So in all, overall, the whole group, all right, those pulling the strings and manipulating the minds of the masses, to control our society and dictate, dictate, not ask us if we want to or if we agree with. No, they dictate what we are supposed to believe, who to hate, who to venerate, 
These are the true dictators of, well, it's nothing short of a dystopian nightmare, which has engulfed the world. And these individuals who come at you with these ideas and things, they don't have to be somebody from the media. They could be your friends or family or just some schmuck you meet out on the street. Schmuck, sorry about that. No, I'm not. Anyway, they are the ones that have purposely created this abnormality. They're the ones. They're, it's, it's, it's because of them. And this abnormal world where deviancy and degeneracy and depravity and such evil is applauded and promoted. I want you to think about that. They sign these draconian, just evil... Um, okay. Abortion laws and so forth. Yay, yay, women's rights, yay, yay. All the while, decent, traditional family values, community standards, self-responsibility, completely scorned, ridiculed, and spat upon, or physically beat on. <clears throat> Part of the sadness of it all is because they refuse to believe and they are under the effects of a strong delusion sent by God. They're still oblivious to the machinations of their shadowy overlords. They think they're free because they're, well, they don't know anything else because unfortunately they're continuously distracted and amused by this supercomputer they hold in their hands called a phone. They have copious quantities, access to copious quantities of manufactured crap, nonstop crap, entertainment crap, boob tube subscription services, self-medicated with big pharmacy pushing drugs to address any, any number of physical or psychological issues they are told they have, and they're instructed by the state <laughs> who to hate, who to glorify, who to obey, and who to believe. You know, the thing with the drugs, the, look at TV. Half the commercials or more are about drugs, whatever it might be. They have adjusted themselves to this abnormal society. They're abnormal, not me, not you, not us. They believe they're normal. <laughs> you know what? If that's normal, I'll pass. They're nothing short of a bunch of mindless, degenerate, illiterate, dumbfounded cogs in a machine run by totalitarian psychopaths. You know, the reality for these people is way worse than they realize. And it's sad that even when you tell them what's happening, they refuse to believe. Their cognitive dissonance and normalcy bias are so ingrained in their psyches that, you know, they don't know how to go anyplace else. They don't know how to do anything different. They don't know how to think for themselves. 
They think they're thinking for themselves. You know, it's the kind of thing where, like, uh, we watch Law and Order. Not the new version. We don't care for it. But anyways, we watch Law and Order. So sometimes the individual on the stand is being questioned by the prosecuting attorney. And they look to the defendant's table for an answer. They're not really going to give an answer, but you know. And then so the prosecutor stands in between. So they can't see the defense table anymore. I mean, it's a it's a way of doing it, right? But the thing is, this is what they're doing to these individuals if and when they ever try to see past, if and when they ever try to think outside the box, if and ever they really try to think completely and totally for themselves. The evil one stands in between them and the truth. And so what do they have? They just keep on believing these comforting lies that are coming from their leaders and they tell them it's preferred to believing the unpleasant truths. Oh yeah, you don't want to know their truth. You know, Republicans and Christians and whoever else, patriots, you don't want to know that. No, 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 no. You see, it's not easy. I mean, you got to think, you got to speak out, you got to take action. You got to risk being ostracized, punished, and well, yeah, again, alone. So what? I would rather stand by myself and know, number one, I stand (laughs) by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I stand on the flag of my country. Well, I don't stand on it. (laughs) I think you get what I'm saying. And I'm not a patriot to the point where, again, I'm blind to what goes on around me because I'm not, thank God. And I'm not the kind of Christian that says, oh, that's the devil's music. or you know, blah, blah. No, I'm not. All right? Not for me anyway, you know. It's like some people are alcoholics, you know, they, they, I'm an alcoholic and so forth, and they can never drink. They never will have another drink. They haven't drank in, you know, how long. Same thing with drugs and so forth and so on. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, I had a terrible, terrible problem with drinking and boozing and drugging and everything, right? But on a very rare occasion, every so often, as they say, once in a blue moon, I'll have a few beers. And then that's the end of it. But see, that I can do that. Not everybody can do that. So what I'm saying is the extent to which you're going to break free and, and, and be free is up to your comfort level, I guess, you know. But don't get so caught in your comfort level again where you don't, you know, keep moving forward. It's like Paul says about the Christians. You know, you're you're still drinking milk, but you should be eating meat. You know, you should be on more solid food. In other words, okay, we're past the point of, you know, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world, you know, we'll pass that. Get into some deeper and harder truths. It'll give you benefit, and it'll definitely benefit somebody that you might be talking to. Somebody might ask you some pretty 
you know, <laughs> big questions. You never know. And if you don't know, it's not a terrible thing to say, I'm not familiar with that, or I haven't read that yet. I'll have to look into it if you want me to, and so forth, you know, and make sure you follow through for them. So anyway, so we have a thing that when you step back and assess the current state of our world, you got to conclude we're either being led by lunatics <laughs> who's running the asylum, fox in the hen house, who believe they're insane theories, which, yep, they do, or they're true psychopaths intent on destroying the world. Yep, there's that too. Isn't that something? But in either case, our rendezvous with destiny, this part is tough, is going to be bloody, chaotic, terrifying, and destructive with a potentially catastrophic ending of our planet. You know, the Bible makes that pretty clear. You know, we got climate change, mental ill, gender race hustlers. They're not the real issues. They're made up things. They're things that keep you occupied. They're all based on false narratives. There's no fact to them whatsoever. You have a bunch of low IQ, demented, ridden, pedophilia, Evil doing, I don't even know. list goes on and on. And they're trying to hide by pointing their finger. But that's, that's where we are. And that's what we're dealing with. So anyways, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Take off the blinders. Be the best thing you ever did. So until you do, we're praying for you. We're hoping for you. And I'm doing these shows for you. So that eventually, everything's clear. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening. Email address, if you want to, is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. Let's talk, M-I-K-E, the number one at gmail.com. Thanks again. God bless. We'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye.